Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode 79 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with a good crew today. Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, fellas? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Greg, introduce yourself, man. Man, what's good? Ready? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Lodge, introduce yourself, man. All right, let's get it. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in. Just Johnny tapping in. We got a good crew today. We're coming in to talk basketball. A lot of basketball today. Uh, but we're gonna since we're gonna talk about some of the award predictions that we each and every single one of us have so far. Uh, the NBA season has been electrifying. Some of the players so far has been dynamic, extremely dynamic, whether in terms of being an offensive end, a defensive end, uh, coaching that showed off his talent and is leading his team to new heights. A player that showed massive improvement the year before. Uh, we're touching on all of it. So before. We dive into the meat and potatoes. We got to start on the outside of the food. Let's talk about the rookie of the years, the new generation that come up every year. For your 2023 NBA rookie of the year, Kyrie, I want to swing it to you. Who do you have as the front runner for the rookie of the year race, and who do you have as your your second close-up that might be able to overtake that first spot? Uh, this is easy right here. For number one, obviously you got to have Paolo Bencaro. Um, even though he's just coming off and missing a good uh, good chunk of games, he's been scoring the ball well. He's really been a, a big reason uh, to the slight success that the Orlando Magic are having. Um, they're still a pretty bad team. They're still not a team that's ready to win right now. But you can tell when he's on the floor versus when he's not on the floor how much of more of a competitive edge that team has. And and uh, the young guys around him, such as Bull Bull, Jalen Suggs, you can tell that they all just thought with his success and his ability to score, his ability to get guys involved, um, his ability to get rebounds and just put it down the floor and either take it himself or to, or to, to give it up for another guy. He, uh, he, he truly shown that he has a good all-around uh, skill set. And uh, I think he, he distanced himself a lot from the rest of the, rest of the rookies that we've seen so far this season. It's not like anybody else is playing. Everybody else is playing bad, but I feel like Paolo Bencaro has definitely uh, separated himself and has showed himself to be what we might call a generational talent. And uh, putting up 23 points a game with seven boards, shooting efficiently from the field, from all over the floor, dunking on people, shooting threes. He's definitely uh, he's your your runaway uh, MVP. I'm sorry, uh, rookie of the year right now, um, barring injury. And second, I got to go with Ben Matherin out of Arizona. He's playing uh, for the Indiana uh-huh. Pacers right now. Coming off the bench, he's putting up 20 points a game. Um, He's won them some big games as well with his uh his, his big shot-making ability and his athleticism. Um, If it's, if it's not Pamela Bucaro, it's definitely going to be him just because his, of his, his scoring versatility and his ability just to seamlessly fit in with all those guys. Indiana got a, uh, a lot of young talent with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you still got uh, Buddy Hill there, uh, Chris Duarte. And um, he just he, from day one he just showed himself to be a, a, a dangerous scorer, and he's he's a big reason that Indiana has been successful so far this season. I think they're like fourth in the East right now, and nobody really seen that coming. So uh, big ups to Ben Mather, and he's my uh, my runner up rookie of the year. All right, uh, I like those two. I definitely like the Pacers rookie. Um, 
man, I, I want to swing it to Greg. Man, the magic and the magic really hit on some jackpot. Uh, they hit the jackpot drafting Paulo. When you look at the history of the magic having the number one pick, they drafted the big man. You look at Shaq. You look at Dwight. Uh, now you're looking at Paolo, and it seems like they striked out and hit the goal with every big man they drafted. Uh, so Greg, talk to me. Who's your rookie of the year, and who's your close runner up? They overtake them. Um, I'm biased. Um, I'm gonna go with my boy. So Ben Matherin, you know what I'm saying? He Haitian. Uh, so, uh, you know, he already, he already had my eye. And, uh, the brother's been balling. I mean, the brother's coming off the bench, uh, averaging 20. And he's shooting 42% from three right now. Are you, are you kidding me as a rookie? Uh, I think, uh, so I think Ben Matthew, I think his all, like, like, uh, like that, what has been said in the past, like he's been winning games for, he's been a, uh, just a, a true culture change. The fact that the Indiana Pacers are close to 500 right now speaks to like what he's been able to do in his first year already. Um, and while, uh, uh, Paolo Bencaro's been able to put up really good numbers, I don't think it's, it hasn't led to overall success on the team. So if you told me coming into this season that the Magic will be doing worse than the Pacers, I don't think I would have believed you. Um, just because I think, thank you. Just, uh, just cause of, uh, I think I'm thinking of all the talent that the Magic already have already accumulated. So I thought the Magic would take some sort of step up this year. Um, but for the uh, for the Pacers to be doing this well, I think speaks to just how well uh, uh, Ben Matherin's been doing. Um, I, I mean, Paolo Bencaro is, a, is an easy second choice as the the, the runner up. Um, so I'm just gonna go to another name, and I'm gonna say Jaden Ivey. I think Jaden Ivey's been playing fantastic for the Pistons this season thus far. He's averaging a little bit over 16 points a game. You know what I'm saying? Five rebound, uh, close to five rebounds a game, and a little over four assists. Um, and he's, he, uh, he's shooting 32% from three, uh, from three point range, which isn't insane, but it's still pretty good. It, it, it is, oh, it's, it's okay for a rookie. Um, it, it hasn't led to Detroit having a lot of success this season. Um, but I think he's like probably the most athletic, um, player that came out of this year's draft. Um, and you've been able to see it on full display thus far this season. So, um, I think the order for real, for real is Ben one, uh, Paolo two and Jaden Ivy three, but depending on if if Paolo has to miss more games, I think the 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 goalpost between two and three could easily be flipped uh, between Jaden and uh, and Paolo. Okay, all right. Uh, listen, Lodge, I want to swing to you before I swing it to Johnny. Uh, some of the some of the key things they made about Jaden Ivy. Uh, another one who I thought, uh, the Pistons made an awesome draft selection, picking him up at number five. It was some debate between them picking him and Shaden Sharp. Uh, they both look good to me, but Jaden Ivy does look like so far he's coming along. Uh, just what's your thoughts, Lodge, in terms of who do you have coming in winning rookie of the year and who do you have that could possibly snatch it up from the front runner in your case? To me, I think it's only really only between two different people. This is probably Benny and Paolo, but I think Kyrie and Greg already expounded pretty well on both. But I do want to say, and it really, I honestly think it's, it's only going to take a Buddy Hill trade away for Benny to really feel, fully wake up. Like a Buddy, feel like if that happens, if Buddy Hill gets traded, I think Benny gonna wake up and just take it from either that or win six men of the year. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would. I think he could do it too, actually. 
Uh, I really feel like he could. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really disagreeing with you on that front. Uh, Johnny, talk to me. Um, how you feeling about your rookie of the year pick? Who do you think could take your rookie of the year pick as the front runner in your opinion? It, um, pretty much, uh, I, I gotta agree with, uh, pretty much the ones before. I, I agree with Benedict Mathern over Apollo Banchero specifically because I didn't think he'd be this good of a shooter either. Like he said, 42% from the three as a rookie. That is, that's pretty much insane. And he's playing about 28 minutes a game. Um, I got a couple of, I got like a couple of game stats that stood out to me. Guys against the Lakers, um, just recently he had 23 points. Um, he, he gave the Brooklyn Nets 20 points. Um, 21 points shot five for 11 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. These are, these are specific matchups that's going, that's like specifically, you know, with his, with the, with his position that he plays, he's going against like veteran big men and he's uh, competing. Very, very impressive. He's playing 25 minutes, 32 minutes, 30 minutes a game and that rookie wall doesn't seem like it's hitting him. So I have to agree with, uh, Ben Matherin. He's, he's my first pick for the rookie of the year, and obviously Paolo Banchero, but just for the same reason that I feel like he's going to be everybody's runner-up, I like to go with the uh, 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 rookie that actually is kind of interesting to me. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make a case for rookie of the year, but this this kid's impressing me. It's Tari Eason from um, the Houston Rockets. I've been looking at his numbers a little bit, and it might be because of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith being there, but he's like, this kid, first of all, he got onto the floor just off his motor alone. This guy's about a steal and a half, uh, about half a block a game, and about almost two steals per game. The thing that stands out to me is he's shooting about 38% from the three-point range, and he's getting about five boards a game. This kid's got a motor, and once I think he gets, like, his basketball credentials under his feet, so to speak, I think this kid's going to be – he's going to be real, real fun to watch on that Houston Rockets team. But uh, I have to go with Ben Matherin as well, guys, for my, for my take of rookie of the year. So it seems like Ben Matherin overall seems like so we got Johnny for Ben that's your front runner or you have uh, Paolo just to clarify just a quick summary Johnny yo yeah your your main pick is Ben right that's your main yeah, pick yeah heck yeah yeah for real Kyrie. look out for Tari guys yeah look out Ben's my guy so Kyrie your main pick for rookie of the year is Paolo. Yes, sir. That's your main pick, Greg. Paolo, too, or are we going to Ben? Quick summary. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Ben. You're going with Ben. Uh, Elijah, the tiebreaker. Who are you going with? I'm going to go for Paolo until further notice. Going with Paolo for two for two. I guess I got to come in and the tiebreaker. I'm going with Paolo. I'm going to go with Paolo just simply because, um, I didn't think Paolo would do this good this quick, just simply because of that. Uh, I didn't expect him to go this good this quick, so he's definitely impressed. I expect him to get out. I expect what's him Ben to have a better jump shot than Paolo. I thought Paolo. I didn't expect that. That's true. That's true. You're not. I mean, if you watch college basketball, everybody knew Ben Mather had the best jump. Had the best jumper in college. Well, coming into the draft, I who who. Who's the most clutch so far? <laughs> uh, I mean, we haven't really seen Paolo in any clutch situations because the magic is so bad. Yeah. yeah. If any, if anything, if anything, that's been Jalen Suggs' role. 
for the Magic yeah. thus far when it's when it's gotten when it's gotten to winning time. I mean, and by winning time, I mean they got like four wins. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's a shame that Terrence Ross. <laughs> Terrence Ross definitely should be traded. Right, yeah, it's a shame. He should go ahead and get traded. I but still forgot he was in the league. God bless. There you, you go, man. Whoa, Terrence Ross wasn't that bad. He was a solid three D guy when it came. No, 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 no. I'm not. It's, that ain't that ain't even no shade. I just I um, kind of forgot he was with the. No, Magic I understand. Shoot, listen, I'm a Will Barton fan. <laughs> oh, Will Barton, yeah, Will Barton. <laughs> he's definitely a great serviceable player off the bench. Definitely, he played a point two and three. He's definitely versatile. You gotta like him. Um. We move on to the next award topic discussion in this NBA episode. We're going to talk about the man that comes out and gives you buckets and a flurry of points uh, and just elevates the team when the main starters are out, the sixth man of the year. Last year, we had Boy Wonder, Tyler Hero won. Uh, he earned a max contract because of that. Uh, who are you guys looking to Excuse me. Excuse me. I got so some allergies. Who are you looking who are you looking uh, for your pick as the 2023 six-man of the year? Who do you have that could possibly take up their front runner? Greg, go ahead. I'm also swinging it to you first. Who do you have as your six-man of the year for 2023? Honestly, I'm keeping it a bean. Uh, I like Jordan's pool's chances. Jordan Poole's chances of winning this year. Jordan Poole, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think he, you know. He's he's been he's had a a solid season this far this far I mean considering all the uh all the hoopla coming into the season with all the off like I guess I guess I was gonna say off the court but it really they have they have it on the court uh all the on the court stuff with uh with Jordan Poole this season I think he's come out and played well I mean uh he's averaging 16 points on the sh- on on the season 41 percent field goal shooting. Um, he averages a little bit over four assists a game. Um, so he's doing pretty well. I mean, it's nothing too crazy. I'll be honest. I, I haven't really been, I don't think there's a six man, someone that has, se- uh, separated themselves thus far. That's like, it's so glaring. So I'm just going to go with Jordan Poole for right now. Um, I mean, the, the, the other pe- like usual suspect, it seemed like Tyler Harrell's, I guess, having an okay season. Like, I just don't think it this, this year, the, uh, no one has separated themselves enough for it to be like, oh, it's clearly this person. Like last year was clearly Tyler Hero, and I didn't really think there was much competition there. And I feel like until someone separates themselves some more, I'm gonna go with Jordan Poole for now. Like it is, there aren't any crazy stats that make me feel like yes, it has to be this person. Okay. If, if, if any, if anything, if anything, I feel like we could even fake like talk about Ben Napper and for I'm not going to lie, but that's just me. Alright, that's my pick. <laughs> that's uh, my pick. But, but I just have, I just have never seen a rookie win six men of the year, so I feel like they really not gonna give it to, I feel like Ben Mather really deserves it based on what he's doing, but I feel like if we're gonna be like, push came to shove, who's gonna win, like my, my money's probably gonna be on Jordan Poole for real. He already got the narrative. Greg, I think when you said that a player flashback into my mind, Kyrie, you might be able to testify for me. I believe Ben Gordon, was probably one of the probably the only one that won rookie of the year and six men in the same year. I could be wrong. I don't know if y'all I, remember. I don't, think he won, I don't think he won the rookie of the. I you can't think remember. Ben, you, you might I be right. Hold on, hold on. Like I got Ben it. Gordon or it was Luol Dang. It was one of the two that did it. It was definitely Ben Gordon. 
It was Ben Gordon. All right. I, Definitely I Ben I'm Gordon. Thinking, I, I'm going back. See, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm really trying to think. Ben Gordon might have been the only one I could think of. Yeah. So he, uh, he didn't win the rookie. He, 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 he won. He Yeah, man, no. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Wait, what happened, Kyrie? No, I was just saying you 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 got that one. He he didn't win rookie of the year. He did win six man. No, he won six man rookie of the year. Oh, he did. See, I knew. I, all right, man. That's I was a thinking, good call right there. I was thinking of it because I like the Ben Gordon actually. I you know I really was really in tune with the Bulls. Um, Ben Gordon was people don't want to give him his props like he wasn't bucking it. But Kyrie, I'm gonna swing it to you though before we swing it to um Johnny. Go ahead, give me your uh, six man of the year. Who do you have coming up? Um, possibly to snatching that number one position for the award. Yeah, just real quick. I uh, like I mentioned, I, I got Ben Mather actually going out and winning it again, nineteen a game off the bench. Um, I just I, to allude to what Lodge was talking about as far as Buddy Hill uh, possibly being traded sometime this season. I honestly don't see it happening because this is the thing. The main trade partner that I've only seen really acquainted with Buddy Hill has been the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Los Angeles Lakers have, for it seems like over a year now, a year and a half now, just been steadfast and not wanting to give up any first-round draft picks to Indiana for Buddy Hill trade or any of their other assets that they may have. And I honestly don't see it happening, especially given that Buddy Hill is playing well alongside Tyrese Halliburton. Um, they look like a pretty solid backcourt. Uh, he was putting like 18 a game, still shooting his, his normal 36, 37% uh, from three-point range. So I don't see no reason, and if it's working for right now at least, moving, being so quick or being too ready to move off of Buddy Hill, especially since you got a guy like Matherin who has a lot of the same traits and plus the athleticism that can come off the bench and get hot, score, and shoot from the outside. So uh, I think that dynamic stays. This is, that's, this is just the way I'm seeing it. And I think because of that, it allows Ben to grow even more off the bench. And then we even work on other parts of his game, such as his playmaking, which he kind of struggled with in college, his defense, which he can he can be out of tune with at times. So I think it's definitely going to be Ben Mather. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I can't disagree with that. Johnny, uh, talk to me. Are we, uh, what's your sixth man of the year race looking like in your eyes? Uh, I've got, uh, I'm not going to lie, guys, Jordan Poole must have 40 against the Spurs. He's putting up numbers. Against I would have to Spurs? go. Yeah, I remember that. I, I know it's against the Spurs, but at the same time, it's a bench player scoring 30-plus. That's always impressive, in my personal opinion. Um, That's always going to be impressive. To a certain, knew he was cap- to to a a certain extent. To a certain extent, we knew he was capable of this. But um, at the end of the day, it's looking like – I. I'm just going to go out there and just respectfully say just like it's looking like Jordan Poole. But I do want to name a dark horse. Might not be a dark horse so much. So um, to the comment that was made earlier about nobody's really separating themselves so much. So, I mean, it should have been Tyler Hero. But for that reason, nobody's really doing that. Um, Dude, Kelly Oubre has been hooping. Kelly Oubre has been hooping, hooping. And um, I'd like to name him as a dark horse for a six man. Um, he 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 won't get it, Johnny, because the Hornets is so bad, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I said dark horse, wishful thinking. But I mean, shoot, y'all said Matherin, and all due respect, I mean, he's a rookie. I think that's the thing that's keeping him from being in that in that conversation. But I'm, I, Kelly Oubre is dropping about a dub a game, shooting forty seven percent. Um, he had twenty he, twenty two points against Boston, shot eleven for eighteen, played very well. Um, against the Timberwolves, 28 points. Um, 
uh, Phoenix, he had 14, shot a little bit off, but he had 34 against the Cavs. Uh, already, like, you know, a, a better than we thought Cleveland Cavs team. Um, 29 against the Heat, we thought they'd be better. But the point is, he's he's really stepped up. And like you said, if, if the Hornets weren't as bad as they are, yo, I swear they'd be talking about him more. But I like Kelly Oubre, man. He's been hooping, hooping. Man, you made some good points. I can't disagree with you. Lodge, uh, break it down to me. Uh, your eyes, from your perspective, who's worthy of that six? Ooh. I'm gonna throw a curveball and basically curveball. trying to give the attributes of a six man of the year that what they kind of need. One, they got to be on a team that's kind of projected to be a very good playoff team, and two, mm. kind of like the, the, what he's going through right now. And I'm gonna say campaign. Now, don't get me wrong, he ain't doing nothing out of water. Chris Paul been Not out bad. for the past 10, 11 games, and he's been averaging over damn near 15 points a game. He's been able to carry all the low Definitely starting great. when he needs to. And he's also being a good complimentary piece to Michael and uh, Devin Booker currently while Chris Paul is out. And honestly, I feel like the best case scenario for the Suns this year is to kind of weather Chris Paul throughout the year so people like can't they can keep their rhythm going, which will also put him in a uh, lineup to be in the six-man of the year conversation. So, yeah. Good. Great name drop. I agree. Great name drop. It's been hooping. Uh, Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, man, had it not been for injury, this award was definitely gonna go to uh Cam Johnson for sure. Really? That's like, that's. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to agree. I had my notes for, uh, I had my notes for that, but you know, the meniscus. Yeah, yeah. All right, but we swing on to the next award trophy. Of this episode, the most improved player of the year, uh, the player that made the biggest jump. I Can feel I like that. Excuse me. Can I go first? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, go ahead, Logic. Give me your most improved. No, I wanted to go first. I wanted to go first because I wanted to like steal everybody's. Cause, ah. like, <laughs> come on, we all know, bro. Say it, say it, bro. Come on, bro. Student Government Association. Student Government Association. SGA. And I, I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you. If they if they was in a playing spot right now, the man should be uh up up for MVP voting too. The man Ooh. averaging thirty a game. He hasn't scored under thirty once. Talk that talk. Ooh. <laughs> Lodge ain't told a lie yet. Go ahead, keep going, gang. What else? Yeah, I, I'm gonna just let y'all get to our rock though, bro. I, like I said, the man ain't scored. I don't think he's scored under thirty like more than once or twice this year so far. And, and it's literally been like the same consistent shooting. Okay. I, he's like one of the only young players I can see that actually literally attack the baskets consistently and don't fall into just shooting jumpers. And he's also okay. getting his players involved. Yeah, like Josh Giddy, he's looking good. <laughs> you, so it's just you, like post up. Use the yep. post up too. Right, you know what I'm saying? So like he's not falling into that young mindset to where he's just shooting jumpers trying to be freaky. Nah, he just getting to his buck and making sure he's getting his teammates involved. And I feel like one, he's already shown that since the year he had with Chris Paul, but he's just taking it to another level now to the point where we just need him to stay on the court for the whole year, and he's gonna take it. He's gonna take the will and kill, and kill it. As soon as you said that man name, I already knew Kyrie. What school he yes. is? He, he, he went to BBN. He went to BBN. He went to BBN. You got that? Yes, sir. Yeah, all I just want to put out falling out. Yeah. All the Kentucky yeah. boys falling out. Yeah, I, I just want to. I just want to put it out. He took yeah, SGA for sure. That was my pick. Uh, thirty, thirty-one points, 
uh, last game, 32 before that. I think a 37-point performance, 42-point performance. Yeah, give it to him. That was my pick, too. He got me. If I'm the Clippers, I'm sick. Had yeah. that man on the roster. <laughs> Hell yeah. And gave him all, gave, yeah. gave, gave OKC all the picks. All the picks and SGA. And don't get me wrong. Paul George, he cool. But, uh. I'm saying? not going to lie. Shea Gills Alexander to me, I always felt like he definitely was uh, a starter in the league. Right? Uh, he was up in 25 in the playoffs, bro. Against the, against KD Warriors, bro. That's no, 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 no. I'm telling you, that's when I knew, like, when he, listen to me, I'm saying, I always felt like he was starter level. Could he be superstar? I didn't think so. Could he be an all-star? Yeah, I certainly think so. But yeah, he, he it, it was the what, jump what? shot, Colin. It was the, it, it was the jump shot. We because he had a, he had a solid all around, listen, me watching him in Kentucky, he had a solid all around game. Wasn't turnover prone. Uh, the jump shot wasn't there, but he did everything right. What? Uh, he did everything right. What I saw that one season when he had, when they had Chris Ball, come on, bro. No one saw the Thunder being the 60. I understand the bubble kind of like you know what I'm saying, but they were already at 16 before the world shut down. Like I was so shocked that, that come on, bro. We didn't play. The playing wasn't. The, it was the first season. The first year that was the first year the playing was going to be a concept. They weren't even in the playing tournament. That's great, bro. Everybody was thinking Chris Paul was an afterthought. You know what I'm saying he just left the Rockets. No one was thinking about SGA. They was like a powerful one-two punch. I, I really kind of, I really, that was a really like great like overall team. Like it was actually, and they went to Game Seven with the Rockets. That was a great series overall. Like that's what I, I learned everything I needed to know about SGA. Then I'm like, bro, he gonna be a problem if he gets no. Shay Gillis Alexander, De'Aaron Fox. You can't really throw him in that conversation because you know, but he's definitely elevated himself on the defensive end. Now he's playing like the defensive player he did in college. Mike Brown's got that dog dog out of him. He's playing well. He's looking like an all star. Tyrese Maxey. It's so many other Kentucky guards, but uh, I swing it to lies. Uh, Greg, did you give out your list? Uh, for um, I mean, it's listen. It's clearly for me, Shea Gilgis Alexander. You ever seen bar any setbacks? Um, had Desmond Bain not gotten hurt. I liked what Desmond Bain, get, Bain was giving with the – he was forming a nice little one-two punch, you know what I'm saying, with my boy Ja out right. there in Memphis, you know what I'm saying, but he got hurt, so I had to, you feel me, pivot him to the, towards the side. Um, I think uh, another name I'll throw out there, you feel me, is uh, is uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I really like what I've been seeing from him, and we already – like I feel like Tyrese is on the fast track to being a star in this league too. Uh, with the, I just don't think he gets a lot of love because we don't see a lot of games from him because he's in Indiana right now. Um, but he's been having a really good season. I think he's been another reason outside of Ben why the Pacers are hovering around 500. And if you remember from that, even from the game yesterday against the Lakers where they came out back in the fourth quarter, it was him that had the vision to throw that pass up to, to, to kick out to he, he got the extra rebound. He he got the offensive rebound and kicked it out to the shooter who ended up hitting the game winner. So it's Tyrese like he always make he just he's just a sound basketball player, always making the right play, always getting his teammates involved. Um, but like had, so had SGA not been having this ridiculous season that he's having right now, I think Tyrese would be getting a little bit more love for this award than he probably is because it's, I think it's clear cut SGA barring any setbacks. <laughs> so I want to say, <laughs> hey Colin, I want to say we had we had a segment we had a segment earlier in the summer, and I believe that it was something about like favorite young players to watch. I mentioned Halliburton. 
I'm and and I'm glad that this was that this was confirmed because this kid is something to watch. But of course, like the small market that he plays for, I agree. But Tyrese Halliburton, I definitely have to second that. Johnny basically said, "Yo, I seen ball. I told you ball was gonna be ball." You know what I'm saying? And y'all should just no, listen to me no, in the future. They gotta listen listen to our old segments, y'all. We're like, you know what I'm saying? Bringing this back full circle. You know how we do I'm just I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. You know, I felt that. I felt that. To add my two cents to this, my team could have lost like three to four, three to five more games, and we could have had Halle Burton. But I'm, I'm gonna just rest to that fact. <laughs> the Knicks could have had everybody in the world, but the Knicks have nobody. You guys even trying to trade him out quickly. Why? Yeah, he can go. Bro can go. He can Bro go? Consistent. Really? Consistent. What? Oh, man. Wait, hold on. While we're on the Knicks, while we're on the Knicks, I want to throw Jalen Brunson's name into consideration. Talk that talk. <laughs> talk that talk. Talk that's, that that's talk. Go ahead. Hey, yo. Yo, I'll, I'll admit it. I threw some rain. I put some rain on the contract that we signed Jalen Brunson. What was it like, one hundred six for four years, something like that? I said yeah, that we slightly overpaid him. I didn't see him playing. One, I didn't see him fitting in with the guys that we had. Let me get this straight: the Knicks are we're not good by any means whatsoever. But when Jalen Brunson's on the floor, there's a sense of there's a sense of security that we haven't had in years at the point guard position, and I love that for us. And I definitely feel like building if we start to build the right pieces around him, put the right pieces around him, Jalen Brunson can be the cornerstone of a very very good team for us. And um, he's been doing that this he's been putting up 19, I think 19 a game this season, seven or eight assists. And uh, he, he's been a, the, the few games that we have won. He's been a, he's been a big part of him. He's putting been putting up thirty balls, and he's been clutch when we need him to be. And uh, yeah, I just want to get show Jalen Brunson some love from as a Knicks fan that wasn't super happy about his contract. I'm, I'm appreciating what he's bringing to our team right now, even though we aren't doing the greatest. It's not all on him, but uh, we we got we got some things to work on in some other places. And before we uh, we move on to the next one, I just wanted to name drop another guy. Uh, might not win it, but it's noteworthy. Bobo, um, I got a lot of we we've been watching yeah. lots of high school, and uh, it seems like since he got stashed away in Denver, they didn't use him. To, they didn't really use him the correct way. And once he got traded, he he kind of he kind of became an afterthought. And um, shout out I to love that old man jump shot. <laughs> but you going? Yo, he brings I, it up over I, his shoulder I, that uh. <laughs> he got that Mike got that Michael Red. That you Michael know, Red. Michael Red. Oh, that was another yeah. bucket getter. People sleep on Michael Red. That was the bucket getter for the Bucks. Yeah, he's getting fucked. But but Bobo, bro, I, mean, he I think he put up like 13, 13.7 board seven boards, like a block yeah. or two. He's he's pretty much taking Mo Bamba's spot as backup center. Or their their, their main center. Bro, Bobo's starting now. Bobo's starting now. Let's the lodge. No, it is. Yep. Logic, Kyrie, Fry swing to the next award. Listen to me. Y'all don't want me quickly. Who we got to give up for IQ? Okay, we'll take him off your hands. Y'all don't want him. That's the Sixers? Yeah. Give us the team. We, 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 no, 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 no. Give y'all who? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. No, no. See, we're going to be too conservative. Yeah, I'll give you a first round and quickly. We can give us Maxi. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I try to skin dog, man. <laughs> he tried to get you. A... Matter of fact, matter of fact, y'all can have hey. RJ for real too. I, I, matter of fact, I'll say RJ and Quinn. Yeah. 
He said, let me get Maxi. No, 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 but shit, Donovan he was Mitchell. never like that. He was never Donovan, like that. Yeah, Donovan wasn't. Mitchell. I'm not gonna lie. All these, all these Canada products that be that be so hyped up coming into the league. A lot of the time, they don't be paying it out. Anthony, uh, what's the what's the name of the boy? The first overall pick, Anthony. Um, Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Bennett. Yeah. Bennett. 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 He should have never been enough uh, I'm gonna be, let's be real. Let's be real. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let's be real. Let's be real. Until last season, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins was bought. Andrew Wiggins was in that boat too. Let's be real. Let's be real. No. Okay, okay, okay. Andrew, here's what I say. Andrew Wiggins was a fan of Andrew Wiggins, but he averages solid. He was. He did. He did. He did. No, no. He did. Okay, his career. He did. He did. But like, for what he was advertised to be, what we yeah. basically learned about Andrew Wiggins is that if you need him as the third or fourth option on a team, that's his, that's his peak role. But we were jacking him up to be like, he could be, a, he could be the, the number one it, option on it. First of all, it wasn't us. Honestly, it was Drake. It was Drake he was for Eddie Conley. You just say it was Drake? With the draft days on. <laughs> no way. He, he, with no the way, draft days no, on. No he way. shot at Wiggins and he put him up. No, bro, he wasn't that. But Kyrie, at the end of the day, but but, but me yeah, and Kyrie, for no reason though. Me and Kyrie, bro, bro, bro was literally projected to go play with Bron and get sent to one of the worst organizations in the league. I was wouldn't like, be excited. I wouldn't even be excited to play. And Bron wasn't guaranteed coming back. Was he yes, coming? He was. Back? Yes, he was. Oh, he was. He was. He was already guaranteed to come back. Brian. I don't know, bro. I'm not going to lie. I was shot when I was shot. No, 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 no. no. Oh, actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You could have slid Wiggins yeah. to the two and then have a Brian. No, his whole career would have changed completely. It would have been way different if they didn't trade him for Kevin Love. But I still said Jabari Parker always had the short end of the stick. Me and Kyrie talk about. I always said. No, 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 no. His knees got the body. He tore both his ACLs on both different knees. Your body. He was born defective, bro. It wasn't gonna work. He was born defective. Oh, I ain't know. Hey, about him, bro. He was in high school. My boy Jabari was a problem in high school. Was a problem in college. In that dude. I don't know though. Do. They lost in the first round of NCAA against um. Against CJ McCollum at all? No, no, that wasn't. No, no, that wasn't CJ McCollum, bro. They lost to. Yeah, that was a year before. They lost to uh some uh I forget the name of the team. Oh, I gotta look that up. They played a good team. Oh wait, guys, we get a little bit sidetracked. Let's go over to um defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year before we swing to um coach of the year. Then the meat and potatoes, the most important MVP of the year. But we swing over the defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm gonna swing it over to Kyrie first. Kyrie, who in your opinion is worthy of that mantle? The defensive player of the year. Who's been coming in, stepping up defensively, consistently, altering shots? Who's been a great, significant impact on the defensive end of your opinion? Who do you think deserves that award for 2023? Talk to me. Who's your defensive player of the year? Honestly, this is this is the hardest one. Mm. Uh, I had trouble like coming to an answer to, so I, I'm kind of going to cop out. I'm not going to lie to y'all. You got to cop out? Oh! Even, even, 
even though even though his defensive numbers aren't the greatest like on paper right now, uh, I still think Giannis is uh Giannis, I, think, I still I think, think Giannis cool. is gonna be is going to win Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. One, because even without it showing up in the stat sheet as far as blocks and steals go, you see it when you watch the Milwaukee Bucks play, how he keeps that uh, how he keeps that defense intact. Not to go along with Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez has been, been an anchor down low, too. But as far as switching on the perimeter and helping and helping cover other guys' mistakes and just consistently just without, being without active. Out, on the court, too. Without Chris Middleton on the court, and sometimes Drew Holiday too as well. Drew Holiday's been in and out of the lineup as well. So uh, yeah, I, I really got to get big up to Giannis and what he he does on the defensive end. Um, he, he of course he's going to get shadowed, and everybody else that that isn't a center is going to get shadowed by guys like Rudy Gobert who put up two three blocks a game, Bam out of bio who does a thing on the defensive end on both levels. Um, I still think Giannis is going to take it away because from what I see, the Milwaukee Bucks seem like. One of the best, still one of the best defensive uh, teams in the league, and that's something hard to maintain throughout years, years in the league with a single core, maintaining a high defensive intensity. We've seen teams gas out. We've seen the Lakers have a great defensive team one year, then nothing the next few years. We've seen the Knicks have a great defensive team the one year, then nothing the next few years, giving up all types of points. So for the Milwaukee Bucks to consistently put together a good defensive team that teams don't want to see night in and night out. Um, I got to give a lot of the, the glory to Giannis. I think he's going to take it home. All right. Uh, Johnny, uh, I'm going to swing to you and swing to Greg. Johnny, who do you have taking up that mantle as defensive player of the year? Bro, I, I hate, I hate, I hate it though. I got to be true to, mm. to the analyst that we all are. I hate what? to admit this. They're going to give it to Rudy again, bro. They're going to give it to him. Again. No, 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 no. I, I hate to admit it, bro. I don't want to admit it, bro. And, bro, 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 but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he, these are the highest numbers he's been averaging since he first came into the league as far as defensive, as far as boards and uh, rebounds combined. And I just think based off that, they're, they might give that to him again based off of fab- politics, bro. But please, please, prove me wrong, please. I hope he doesn't. No, I, I, I agree with Johnny. I say it every year. I say it every year. I agree with you, Johnny. No, see, see, you agree. It's politics, bro. Bro, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, Rudy Gobert is a top five center in this league. Rudy Gobert is a top five center in this league, and that tells me more about the centers in this league than it does about Rudy Gobert. God bless. Bro, he's not wow. a top five center, but anyway. Bro, bro, he's a three-time defensive five player five. of the year, bro. That's not. That's, that's, bro, bro, that bro, that by stats alone, bro, if you, if, you, if you look at his stats, let's just say we remove stats. And you look at his his accomplishments, bro has to be considered. People have to make the argument that, and it and it makes me sad. But people have to look at him as a, as a potential potential Hall of Fame numbers, bro. Dwight Howard has defensive play. I, like, I and I don't understand it, why. Why? And, bro, and, and, nowhere near the way. And that tells me that's that, bro. That's and that's the funny part. Exactly. Exactly. That tells so me more about the defense. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go, go, go ahead. You got it. He got scored 30 in the first half on by Virginia. Light work, six threes, easy. Chicken nuggets. I don't want to hear none of that. 
chicken. Exactly. You get dunked on by Let's be fair. Let's be fair. fair. A lot of that was on a lot of that was on Carl Towns before he got hurt. I don't care. He part of that. He the defensive leader on that joint. That's thirty on your bean top. First half. I don't on your bean top. I do not care. Why is Cat guarding him in the first place? He's the best offensive big man on the team. It should be rookie guy. Right Mm. or wrong. But he defensive player of the year though. Come on, but, now, get out of here. What else, Lodge? What else, Lodge? Yo, didn't marketing don't play him like a month ago? Laurie marketing. He won't even get yeah. on the floor. Yeah. And like, Williams don't, don't go like two nights ago. Exactly. I'm telling you right now, if he wins, I'm 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 a boycott. I'm petitioning something. I'm getting. You should have boycotted the first time he got it. Bro, I've been talking about Rudy. Yo, ask Tyree. I call Rudy Gobert trash since the day he came in the league. I don't like him whatsoever. <laughs> let's let's not forget in the pl- let's not forget in the playoffs them them two years ago. When terrorist man dropped forty on his head, let's not forget about last season when Jalen when Jalen Brunson was just getting anything he wanted in the lane against uh, it with that Rudy Gobert yeah. defense. Come on, Jaylen Brunson, <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Yeah, that is pretty much the hit made him unplayable last playoffs. They was benching him. I can't remember the last time I scored playing basketball, but I can get two on Rudy Gobert head. I'm jacking it. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> bro, dude, you, all you gotta do is run a couple screens. Exactly. Bring, 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 bring him up to the three point once, line. Once you got him shifting his feet, you come on. Chop his feet. Yeah, you got him chopping his feet. It's okay. Exactly. It's clip. Clip. Be that. Be be that as a man. You getting one shot off because he's grabbing that board. Good for him. He just saw them. Love that. Love, yeah, exactly. Then, yo, he's seven two. Thing, yo, the reason why his board is so high this year because cat don't crash. Cat never cries. Yeah, yeah, cat does. Yeah, he never does. We know that. Yeah. But why didn't they got booty in the first place? Exactly. Booty Very booty soft. Hashtag very so. Hey, stop disrespecting Kevin. Uh, but hold on. Before we, uh, I got Johnny, uh, <laughs> uh, Kyrie, uh, before I swing it, uh, who is your defensive player of the year? In your opinion, who is, who's the front runner for that? You went Giannis. Oh, you went Giannis. Oh, yeah, I went Giannis. <laughs> All right, Greg, you did. Johnny went Rudy. Johnny went Rudy. I know Greg and Lodging. So Greg, who's your defensive player of the year? I mean, I gotta give it to Giannis. Not, no one's really set themselves apart right now. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, you know me though. If I'm being real, y'all don't want me to say what I want to say because who you want to say? Say what you want to say. For real, Mr. for real, bro. Sickness on, man. Come on. I'm not gonna lie. I seen Joel and B. Yes, sir. Hit the, hit the, hit the, hit the, yeah. hit the, take the lead yesterday against the Hawks with a jumper, sure and then and then came back and you, and and then swatted uh-huh. the ball away. You know what I'm saying? Like when he when when he in when he's in. Listen, uh, we could talk about how much he's on the court. Blase, blase, blah. Fine, but you can't tell me when he's on the court. The brother, the brother is just ah, uh, it's just exceptional when it comes on the defensive end. Seriously. I mean, he changes he changes the he changes the whole dynamic of the Sixers' defensive philosophy or the another team's offensive philosophy when he's on the court, and that was evident with yesterday's game against the Hawks. That's all I got to say. Joel and B, God bless. God bless indeed. God bless indeed. Lost. <laughs> I was playing it to you, Lost. Uh, who's your defensive player of the year? I know it's your man, Rudy Goldberg, if I had to make an assumption. But, of course, you clear the year. Let's get the official statement. Romo's just going to be honest. I'm not going to Rudy. Lodge. You want to say Rudy. Yeah. Let's be honest. But no, I don't. Yes, you bro, do. I can speak to him, bro. He, I, I probably, like, bro, probably I'll black on him. I'll black on him. I wouldn't I'll even say, like, I would say bro, Rudy I, for a mill right now. Rudy Vermeil. He would have say Rudy, bro. <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, in, in, in like the negative way, I do because I know for somehow, some way, they're gonna find a reason to slide it to him for no That's reason. Crazy. 
That's great. After he done spreaded COVID. And that's all I'm saying, bro. Horrible fabricated stats, bro. Horrible fabricated stats that he's going to live off of. All right. and, and, and then you got people like Kawhi who should be playing right now and contending for it. But, you know, we talked about Kawhi. So. <laughs> Kawhi taking it easy, kicking his feet up in the he LA. He played five games in, 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 out of 23. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, don't get me started on that. We need to give him a whole segment because he's got some nerve, bro. Whoa, let's, let's stay there for the next NBA time. Let's switch on to the next award. Uh, we go into – the man on the side of the bench that facilitates and, you know, makes the offensive adjustments. Sometimes he makes some of the defensive adjustments. Uh, he plays a big part in some of these players on court and off the court. The coach of the year award, a really important, maybe a really tough award to go by all sometimes and really debatable depending on if the team is really playing that superior above everyone else. Uh, I want to swing it to Greg first. Just give me your coach of the year. Who you think deserved the award between twenty three and who could possibly snatch it up from your front runner? How we had this conversation like on front like I'm gonna go I'm gonna still say the name. Say but it. how we going with this coach? How we going with the, like said how we had this conversation on like a say Friday, bro? No, I'm not gonna say no darn Doc Rivers. You crazy. <laughs> uh no. Um I'm gonna say it. I, I think it's Mike Brown. Now I'm gonna say it. now be real. Now the, the I, I'm, I'm gonna preface my statements by saying that the Sacramento Kings are on a three game loser streak. You know, what I'm saying over the past couple over the past couple games, but they have played some real stiff competition over the past couple of days. I think yesterday they played the Suns and they lost a very competitive game. Um, but I will say coming into the season, if you told me through 19 games on the year that the Kings would have a plus uh, over a fi- above 500 record, I would tell you that you capping. They had a great offseason. I think the addition of – who did they get in the offseason uh, from the Lakers? I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Getting Malik Monk, uh, getting Malik Monk back uh, and uh, pairing him back up with uh, De'Aaron Fox for that backcourt. Um, you know, I think after they traded away Halliburton last year and they got DeMontis Sabonis, I think we either thought that they were going to regress or kind of just be the same, like below 500 team. So for them to just be like, I think at one point, the last time I had a conversation about the, the Kings, they were like the, the second in offensive efficiency in the league. Uh, at one point, I think that has regressed back, uh, to like, I think middle of the pack thus far, but I think that the Kings are, are outperforming expectations by a landslide. And I think part of that is the winning culture that I think Mike Brown provides. And I think we sleep on Mike Brown because, like, he coached LeBron. Like, and it's LeBron James, so it's like, how much do you really have to coach? Like, da 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 But, like, I think, you know, he, 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 he provided a winning culture to the Cavaliers for a long period of time. It didn't work out when he went to the Lakers, but he was assistant coach with the uh, Warriors for these past, co- for the past couple of years, and he was able to bring a winning coach, like, sustain winning culture with, like, that team. And I think he's brought some of that cachet to the Kings where the Kings actually look like a relevant franchise again. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs. I'm going to be a Kings advocate. Until they above, until they below, until they fifteen games below five hundred. God bless. All right, okay, Mike Brown. I, I'm actually gonna throw in my vote for Mike Brown. Just seeing how the Kings, it's actually some positive energy when you look at the Kings. Uh, it don't look dreadful when you look at the Kings. The offense looks more exciting. Uh, Mike Brown. Uh, I was told that he makes when it comes to film sessions, 
they really hold long film sessions. Like they really had the players dissect every inch and nook and cranny of the game, you know, when it turns to making defensive adjustment, where players should be positioned at, et cetera, et cetera. So Mike Brown, you definitely got my vote with that. I co-signed with that. Mike Brown definitely changed uh, the Kings franchise. But we will truly be able to tell once he takes them to the playoffs this year. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you if I swing it to Kyrie. Who do you have as your coach of the year? And who do you have as the runner-up? Um, I'm not going to lie. He had um, – I have to agree with him as um, Mike Brown for my coach of the year. I have to – pretty much I don't want to echo everything uh, that was mentioned before, but I do have to agree with that. But as far as – as far as uh, – an uh, interesting runner-up, guys. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Mike Malone. Um, just based off of his consistency with the Denver Nuggets, they continue to still be a uh, contender in the West. Um, uh, just off the simple fact that uh, I'm pretty sure you can make it. You can obviously say that Jokic was is the you know the centerfold for that team, but at the end of the day, as a coach, you have to coach to some extent, and he did not have his best point guard. Um, but yet he still made that team very competitive. Um, I do, but it was, it was basically his consistency with me. So, um, I, I didn't think that Mike Malone would be that really, uh, I didn't think he would actually, I would respect his defensive mindset, but I'm not going to lie. The Denver Nuggets have been a low key, very good defensive team over the past couple of seasons consistently. So I will have to say, as far as my runner up, I will pick Mike Malone. That's pretty interesting for me. All right, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. Mike Malone, he was in the he was in the running for it actually a couple of years back. Did Mike Malone win coach of the week, coach of the year at some point? I believe he won. No, he didn't get a chance to win coach of the year. Yeah, he's been snubbed. He's been, he's been yeah, snubbed for a little bit, but yeah, he has been snubbed. Uh, Kyrie, uh, talk to me. Who's your coach of the year? Uh, who's the front runner up that you think is snatched that from the front runner in your coach of the year? So. My first one, I got Taylor Jenkins of the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. And that's really impressed me over these past couple of years is just his player development and his ability to play with guys out of the lineup. The Memphis Grizzlies consistently have guys out of the lineup. Jaron Jackson was down uh, the majority of this uh, season. Uh, he's dealing, always dealing with John Morant in and out of the lineup or hurting something. When Dylan Brooks is out of the lineup, he finds guys to – Filling those, filling those holes that they that they leave, and they're still able to win basketball games. I mean, that stress they went on last season when they lost Josh for a while, and they're still winning basketball games with Tyus Jones and Anthony Melton at the point guard, leading that team. It really should that that's a lot to do with the coach. There you go, coach. flexibility. <laughs> exactly, flexibility and adaptability. And uh, yeah, I really think I, I think Memphis finishes higher than where they are right now. They're, I think they're number four, number five, but I, I could see them finishing top three in the West. Um, and that definitely boosts his odds. Um, a runner, a runner up that I, I really like and I think can, who I really like, been seeing their development with their team as well. He's only been there for this is only a second year, but Willie Green with the Pelicans, if he could just keep everybody in the lineup, Zion healthy, BI just went down, but if he can get BI back and healthy. Pair them up with Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, all those guys. And uh, I think they have a really, really deep basketball team that could do a lot of different things and win games in a lot of different ways, whether they're going to CJ and B.I. on the perimeter or they're just they're just forcing Zion down the defensive throat and he's finishing at the rim. He just has so many ways to win basketball games uh, with that talent. And um, I think if they overachieve a little, maybe finish a little higher than the fifth or sixth seed or, or somewhere in that range, 
I think uh I think he can get heavy heavy consideration for coach of the year. All right. Okay. I'm I'm not disagreeing. Uh intelligent, yeah. I mean no, not intelligent though. Willie Green for the Pelicans. Pelicans probably got the most untapped in terms of potential when you look at what they can do. Uh man, I'm so excited for the Pelicans. They just need to keep everyone healthy. That's just the main thing. Uh but Availability is the greatest ability. Once you don't have that, you see how that turns out. Uh, Lodge, I want to swing it to you, bro. You swing it off to the meat and, the meat and potatoes. Uh, who is your coach of the year, in your opinion, and who you think is the close runner-up for that award? I'm going to be cheesy. I'm going to just, just say Joe Mazzula, strictly because he has the best team in the league right now. Talk about it, Lodge. Seven to seventeen and four, um, yeah, four game win streak right now. Uh, to be honest with you, me personally, coming into the season, I thought the Celtics were gonna kind of like stay stagnant throughout the year, maybe hang in the middle, four, fifth, sixth seed, considering like the whole entire culture change. But from the looks of it, I'm not gonna say it doesn't look like anything has changed, but I feel like they bought into Jones really quickly and they're kind of getting to what they left off to last year, and I feel like they're playing mm-hmm. with a chip on the shoulder. So maybe uh, he can't take all the responsibility, but hey, the man's a head coach, and as far as head coach, uh, the award goes, it's usually rewarded to a guy that has not always the best team in the league, but it's, it's outstanding. And for him to be an interim coach who has the best team in the league right now, I feel like he deserves consideration. I see what you're saying. Right. No, I mean, oof, there's a lot of great uh, potential candidates for this award. Also want to throw in this for um, the viewers and listeners. This is just really early into the season, so this will obviously change by, of course, January, February, or March uh, when we do do a follow-up episode in terms of the uh, award predictions. But this is so far early uh, that we have. So can I, can I also just throw in one last name? Go ahead, Greg. I'm not going to lie to you, and I know the brother. I think he won last year, if memory serves me correct, but. Like, I feel like every year we kind of just sleep on this team. Like, the Suns, like, this, like, I'm going to be real. Like, I think this, I I feel like coming into this season, especially how last season ended, we expected a regression. We see how old CP3 is playing. CP3 has already missed seven games with a, uh, I think with an ankle injury. And I think they've just, like, consistently just been the hallmark of the league for yet another season. And I think it just shows the risk, like, They've had they, uh, Jay Crowder hasn't played the entire season because he wants to get traded. You know what I'm saying? You got Cam Johnson that went out early. You got CP3 missing games, and yet they're still atop the Western Conference. I think that speaks to the development that we've seen from other players within that they've grown within that culture. But I also think it really speaks to Monty Williams and his ability to just find a way to get the most out of his players. And even if he won the award last year, it doesn't mean – I feel like he's doing an even better coaching job this year, given the circumstances, and I don't want that to be overlooked, too. So uh, credit to Monty Williams. I don't know if he's going to win it or not, but we got to throw that name in there, too, because he, he's doing an exceptional job for yet another season. Monty Williams. We just need them. To, we just need the Suns to execute when it's time to execute the most. I think the Suns had two opportunities to win the title, and they blew it. Uh, I don't even know if they'll ever go back to the finals, to be honest with you. Uh, the West is getting crazy talented. The East is starting to ramp up. Uh, but with that being said, we move on to the final. Dive into the meat and potatoes, the most important part, 
the MVP. Now, before we even discuss this topic, I'll, this is something I want to throw out there for you guys to really understand uh, your guys' perspective when you guys make this decision. So I want to ask you guys, in your in your opinion, when you choose your MVP, what are you factoring in when you choose your MVP? You're choosing in the offensive output, the wins that they bring along for the team. Uh, what are you factoring when you make your MVP choice and what should be factored in when you make your MVP choice? I want to swing it to Kyrie. Uh, just let me know. And then I swing it to John. Yeah, just a few things. One is definitely offensive output. I mean, we've seen guys not average the most points and win MVP. I lost Steve Nash who did it twice. But uh, I definitely think now in today's NBA where scoring is a lot more valued than what it's ever been, than what it's ever been. Uh, I think uh, high offensive output is definitely uh, definitely fa- a high factor. But I think other things are factored in as well, such as your team's success, of course, because you think of most – when I at least think of most valuable players, who's most valuable to their team. And, uh, yeah, so guys who are just able to elevate the level of their team's play, no matter what they have, whether they have two other All-Stars playing with them or one other guy that's his, his – his, his, uh, Robin, that's a borderline all star. Uh, whatever you do with your team, whatever, however you can lead them to success, that definitely uh, puts uh, is what makes a, a part of a MVP. So uh, yeah, those are just a few things that I uh, I got in my criteria for MVP. Okay, okay. I just want to get you guys, Johnny. Uh, just give me your give me your perspective on uh, what you look for in the MVP and what should be looked for in the MVP. Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm pretty old school. I feel like this concept has been, you know, is people, I feel like the league has drifted away from this concept, but I feel like it depends. My personal opinion, I think it should, it's pretty simple. It is what it is. Most valuable player. What is your team success when you are not playing versus assess versus the overall success when you are playing like their success period, um, how they finish out in the standings. But in my personal opinion, as far as individual stats, I believe that you have to play a certain amount of games. Um, I, and I personally believe that you have to have to at least be averaging over five in every other statistical statistical category, as far as like mainly the main ones, other than scoring, because I believe in rebound and assists and field goal percentage. So I believe you have to be shooting at least 40, 42% or over from the field goal percentage. And I believe you have to at least have five or five or more rebounds and assists along with whatever points you're putting up to have team success. I feel like that's, that's been drifted away from. Um, you, I, I feel like we have to go back to this concept of most valuable player. All right. That's fair. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, Lodge, give me your thoughts on uh, what should the MVP, when you're voting for MVP, what should be factored in, considered in, and your perspective on what should be considered? Well, for one, obviously the, the value part. Obviously, you got to look about what do you what is your team like away from your squad. And for one, you have to be obviously the, the head of the helm. And in certain situations, that kind of gets a little fishy, considering like maybe the Suns, so to say. Because my pick, I'm just going to throw my pick out there. I got Devin Booker as my MVP pick right now. But considering it, Chris Paul's on the court. He kind of seems like he's got the kind of considered the helm. But when on reality. Half the time they're in the games because Devin Booker's losing his mind out there on the court. 
and, and scoring at a high clip and also doing other things like still dishing the ball as well when Chris Paul isn't on the court currently. Okay. But yeah. All right. That sounds fair. And Greg, last but not least, uh, before we give, before we get everyone's, uh, MVP pick, uh, what's your thoughts on the MVP? And, uh, and, uh, what are you looking for? What should be factored in, in terms of voting for MVP? Yeah, I just think, uh, expectations of the team coming into the season and how, if at all, the team, like, uh, performs, um, as a result. I, I think special brownie points to, like, a team that, like, was gonna be under the radar or was gonna be finished lower in a conference and yet, for some reason, now they're, like, top three in a conference. Um, and it's pretty much because of the play of a player. Um, uh, and then, I mean, I, I don't really look into like advanced metrics and stuff like that. I just think watching the games, you just see who has an overall presence on the floor. Like, I think it's like who's getting double teamed, who's able to like, I don't know, just control the tempo of the game, even when like the whole defensive game plan is to stop this one player, like get they shot off, like create for others. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is like, what is the expectations for of a team coming into the season? And is, are they outperforming expectations or like for a team that like is already performing well? Cause sometimes they give the MVP award to the best player on the best team. Like, um, did you expect the team to be performing and are, is the individual star like even doing better than we expected? So like, of course, like when Steph Curry won the MVP that one year when they like, I, we, they had just, uh, won the championship the year before in 2015, so we expected the, the the Warriors to be good the following season, but not 73 and nine good. Where Steph Curry's averaging like 30, like that was OD. So like we had to give him the award, right? Like so, uh, I think it's just expectation coming into the season, how are you performing against them for a flow? All right, that's okay. So I just asked that to get your guys' perspective when you guys make your MVP picks and well, what the viewers and fans uh. Or understanding when they're uh, hearing you guys make your MVP picks. So, but I'm going to swing it to Johnny to bring it back to Greg. Johnny, who's your MVP pick for 2023? Let me hear it. Well, based, well, based off of – you guys hear me? Am I on? Yep, you're on. Yep. <laughs> based off of what I said, um, to answer that question, and based off of my expectations and my standards, um, which is I'm pretty, pretty sure not uncommon – I'd have to go with based off of I want to say Jason Tatum, guys. Jason Tatum is my personal Jason Tatum. Specific, I like it because, like I said, team success. I believe I believe Boston. Are they still first or did Milwaukee pass them? Uh, I, I think believe they're second. No, they're first. They're first. They're first. They're first. They're first. They're first. I mean, shoot, he just came off of a thirty-five point performance. Um, I think he's had maybe two games where he scored under twenty. Um. Everything else was he. This guy has just been a dog. He's just been a dog, shooting almost fifty percent from the floor, seven boards a game, about five assists a game. Um, in addition to that, I believe Boston's going to get over fifty wins. Um, and honestly, that's a shame compared considering a lot of the talent that we have in this league. But I just, I'm sorry, I can't ignore Jason Tatum this year. And me being a Sixers fan, it pains me to say this, but I'm, I ain't gonna lie, man. This, this, Tatum, Tatum is a dog, bro. Tatum is a dog, and we keep looking back in that 2017 draft for what could have been. But moving alongside that, uh, 
Greg, I'm going to swing to you. Who's your MVP pick? Who are you choosing for your MVP? Look, there are going to be – I'm, I'm going to take the road less traveled by. I think I think there's, like, a consensus for who the top three, like, potential candidates are going to be, so I'm just going to go outside of those. All right? I'm going to say this right now. All right? And and we, we touched on this earlier, and I'm just going to bring it back. Most likely – my picks aren't going to get it, but I got to say their names. All right. First, we're going to do Student Government Association. Shea Gilders Alexander is putting on a performance. And I know we said for most improved player, uh, but like. If bro makes the playoffs, he should be. If, bro, like, come on. Like, he's been spazzing. I think, honestly, as long as he gets a lock in the playoffs, he should be like the top. Like, no, no. Because, like, how he's, like, I was looking at some of his yeah. numbers per game. You're not and it's saying like, anything ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of getting OD. I thought, like, oh, one game here, one game. The brother is averaging 31.1 on 50.6%, 50 point. Point six percent from the field overall. I mean, the brother is nasty, and I feel like OKC just—he's not getting a lot of love. He's on OKC, so I'm gonna shine a light on him now. That's my one. That's my—he's maybe a, I guess the better answer would be he was to be a sleeper MVP, but he's my MVP right now because I think he's like without Shea Gibbs Alexander on that team, like that's a team that like wouldn't even be that would be like honestly competing for Victor Wobanyana right now. Uh, so he's my, he's my MVP. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's sixes all day. I'm going with Joel and B. I mean, Joel dropped 59 this season and he, he followed sure that up and he, but, dropped, uh, and I, and I, and he dropped and he, he's been hurt. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, clearly, and that's saying? the part. That's, that's, yeah, that's the part right there. Exactly. Yeah. And he's been hurt. You know what I'm saying? So I already know how y'all going to be active to me, but. You know what I'm saying? Joel, the process, Joel, Troel, the process indeed. You know what I'm saying? When he's on the court, the Sixers just, I don't know, they're just a different team overall. And I don't know, he gives it to you in different ways. He gives you fit, he gives you 59 one night, he gives you 44 the other night, he hits a game, he hits a game, uh, a game, uh, a hitting, uh, a, he takes the lead for the Sixers in that last game and then has the defensive play that wins it against the Hawks. Like, whenever he's on the court, the Sixers are just a whole nother team. Like, it's just a whole nother vibe. So, I can't not see that and be like, he he's not an MVP candidate. I just need my brother to just stay on the court. Um, but if he stays on the court, he's definitely going to be a top five candidate for league MVP coming down the home stretch. But, but Student Government Association and Joel Trowell, the process indeed. Joel, the process indeed. Haven't heard that one in a minute. Uh, Kyrie, want to swing it to you. Who's your MVP pick going off from your perspective? Who do you think deserves to win MVP? I'm going to keep it short and simple because it's the same person I voted for the past two years, and they haven't won, but I still have Ooh. faith in them. That's Luka. Luka. Um, hey, Luka. I think Luka. I feel like one, Luka Doncic is in that point in his career where we've seen LeBron at, at one point where every single season that he plays, he's going to be in talks. He's going to be in contention for MVP. And this season is, is one of them. I mean, he's putting up video game numbers, 33 points, eight boards, eight dimes. The Mavs aren't playing the very best right now, but a lot of it is because I don't see, I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand why, but I don't understand why this fix is not made to it. But the offense is running heavily through Luka Doncic to the point where it's hard to get other guys involved. 
So you see guys like Christian Wood come up and he's not really producing on a consistent level that the Mavs need him to to win games. And you have guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith, uh who are are good solid pieces but aren't the aren't the level I guess Ta- aren't the level of talent that you would want to have next to a guy like Luka Doncic that you could trust next to a guy like Luka Doncic enough to go, okay, even though we have Luka on the floor, we don't have to run the, the offense through him these next couple possessions. We can run it through him. And Luka's open, that's cool. If he cuts and gets open, that's cool. But, no, that's not how they play. The ball is in, is constantly in Luka Doncic's hand. His usage rating is, I, I think, broke a record at, at, at how high it is. And, um, a lot of people would say he benefits from that high usage rating, and that's why he's able to get these high numbers, the 30, 30.8 dollars a game. But what it all comes down to is the Mavs, whether uh, some people think it think it's this way or not, or whether the, the uh, Jason Kidd sees it, it, it himself, the Mavs simply need Luka Doncic more than any other team needs to start in the NBA. Because without Luka Doncic, the Mavs are, are the worst team in the league. They're, they're fighting for Victor Wembanyama next year. You can replace him with any other star, and I still feel that way. Yeah, because I don't feel like any other star can complement or can help elevate the guys that they have on that team that aren't very good. I don't think the Mads as a whole are very good. And Luka mm. Doncic finds a way. That's the that's the, that's the, that's the Mads fault though. That's the Mads. I mean, in Lodge still the best. Mads fault. Because uh-huh. Br- Brunson was the reason. Brunson was that second star. Lodge was I'm, my fault. Lodge, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just wanted to throw that in. Like, even though when he was there, it wasn't always. Peaches and cream, but like again, I just bring up Porzingis earlier scoring three on Rudy Gobert in the first half. If they would have yeah. been a little bit more patient or built. I grabbed other pieces to whether they, they had Porzingis yeah. injuries, they could have just kept Porzingis. And they I was hoping been done. like they overreacted in that situation too. Right, right. They, they overreacted in that Kristaps situation. Me and Lodge were just talking about it. Kristaps has the defensive guard that they give you anywhere from twenty to twenty-four points a night. It's just a matter of keeping him on the floor and keeping him involved in the game offensively. And I just felt like the Dallas Mavericks had a lot of times lost confidence in Chris Porzingis, where he might have gone through a cold streak or he might have gone through a period where he was taking nothing but threes. But it was never really anything drawn up for him outside of situations where, A, Luka was either not on the floor or, B, Luka was out with injury. That's when you would see Chris really get into his bag, really put the ball on the floor be aggressive and get those buckets that we get, that we see him getting now in Washington. So I'm not saying it's Luca's fault, but the Dallas Mavericks and Jason Kidd and those guys had to find a way for to get other guys involved into the game while keeping Luca at the same pace that he is at now. Because it could be done, and we see it done on, on nights that the Mavericks have it clicking and Christian Wood is playing well. And the other Maxi Kleber is hitting threes, Davis Berton is hitting, is hitting threes and getting open. We see the Mavericks play well, play good basketball. And a lot of it, again, it all circles back to Luka Doncic being, the, uh, my opinion, the most valuable player in basketball. It's their team. True. He going at, he's going at Steph right now. Uh, they snapping right I now. Know, right I know. I've got a great game. Luka has a triple-double right now, and Curry got 30 points. Uh, see? Yeah, it's an intense and game right now. Thing, that's the thing. When, when have we ever seen Luka Doncic get a big game and he not show up? And he not leave everything out there on the floor. Right, that's true. The Mavericks are up by three by at the time of this recording, a minute twenty three, fourth quarter on TNT. Go check it out. Uh 
Kyrie, great insight on that. I want to swing it to Lodge. Last but not least, before we wrap up this episode, give me your MVP prediction and why, uh, and who's the front runner uh, for that. It- I snuck in there uh, just earlier. Um, I said D-Book, uh, considering Chris Paul being out, um, their floor general, their veteran floor general, and Johnson more than likely being out for the season. Um, you have people like just brought up campaign's name as a six man of the year, but I also feel like playing with a guy like that in your starting lineup shows that the fact that you're still winning is kind of helping you. It's like you're you're kind of the, the value. Like without you, you're, none of this is happening right now. So I do feel like Devin Booker should be in the conversation for MVP. All right. Uh, all right. And that concludes episode 79 of the Restricted Zone podcast. A big shout out to the fellow co-hosts, Lodge, Greg, Kyrie, and Johnny. Appreciate you guys for making this episode so dynamic. I'm sure the fans definitely agree and do enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can also follow us on all streaming platforms because we are available and we are free. You don't have to pay a penny or dime. I'm talking about Apple, the Spotify, the Google Podcast, uh, you name it. We're on the streaming platform. Give us a listen. Share with your friends. Uh, we'll definitely come back to you guys with another banging episode. Have a nice day, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week.